0: It is August 22nd, we are at the BDPA National Conference at the Hilton in Washington, D.C. and I am interviewing Mona Lisa Ferris of Diversity.com
1: and Diversity.com publishes five different diversity-focused digital and print magazines from the Black EOE Journal, the Hispanic Network Magazine, the Professional Women's Magazine, the U.S. Veterans Magazine, and Diversity in Steam Magazine. Each magazine has its own website, its own subscribers, its own articles, distribution, its own social media, and its own conference distribution.
0: Excellent. Awesome. So, why don't you give us a little bit of history, uh, how long you've been in business, how you first got started? Well, um, it's a, it's an interesting story. I,
1: um, I've been asked, you know, what's a white girl publishing a black magazine doing? And when they hear the story, they never ask the question again. And basically my father, um, came to this country. He's, uh, from the Middle East and was given an opportunity at a very young age. Uh, he was, um, 16 when he came here and when he was old enough he joined the army and after the army he was given a job um, by floor corporation and basically just told them um, don't don't judge me on my accent but if you hire me i will be the hardest worker i will always be on time and i all i want to do is learn and work for you and the gentleman uh, who was the recruiter didn't look at his skin, and didn't look or hear his voice. Hired him, he stayed with them 35 years. He started off as a welder, ended up hiring engineers, and became a consultant, but back then it was just a recruiter, but he was actually a diversity recruiter because of his own experience, but we traveled the world. I did not come here until as an older teenager. Um, but. About six months after I was born, I lived in South Africa, not in South Africa, excuse me, um, Venezuela, Spain, Puerto Rico, and back to Spain. So my very first language was Spanish. And then, you know, Arabic and then English. And growing up in different countries, um, you, and coming here only to visit grandma, you know, it was, it was great. But coming here as, as, uh, Older teen as a young teenager, you uh, it was con- complete culture shock. I came to Irvine, and right before I had moved here, I had lived in South Africa for about three and a half, almost four years. And my father was on a project helping um, the Bantus actually work with them, teaching them a skill which the government was not very keen on. And he was explaining how we need to teach them a skill, we need to house them, we need to, you know give opportunity. So he was always about equal opportunity. He was always about this. And this was the type of discussions that were at the table. Okay. So all of us in my family grew up with social issues being very deep, very deep rooted. So coming here in high school, I found out my friends, a lot of my dear friends were foreign exchange students because I could relate to them. And then going into college, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but because i was always talking about the places i had come from and what i've experienced i naturally went into public speaking and i didn't realize that there was something called intercultural communications and from there just kind of it it kind of snowballed into you know wanting to discuss which i didn't even even realize what the word diversity was at the time but you know just it, it was a passion of mine and from that one day my um Brother-in-law just said to me, and my sister, who was also um, very passionate about it, "You guys should, you know, consider doing something. You know, writing about this." And so we kind of started off as a newsletter, and it went to all the HBCUs. And then after that, I was sp- speaking to a professor, and at, when I was 19, I was extremely high energy, extremely out of like insanely like gun ho about this that. Um, in graduate school my dean was very upset that i didn't want to be a professor and that i wanted to be an entrepreneur and said you have to pick between the two you know and and it was such a turnoff that to me it was a sign that i need to be an entrepreneur because you can't just say this or that why couldn't i be both and when she was giving me uh when i requested you know to to teach you know um and uh, a fellowship you know I said I didn't want to do Monday Wednesday and Friday because I had a more I had a job and I wanted the afternoons Tuesdays and Thursdays four to six but she gave me Monday Wednesday and Friday and she just made it difficult and I just said, you know what I want to try this other avenue because that's where I felt I belonged and so one day uh, one of the professors said you need to see the National urban League and meet somebody there for me and I said uh, I don't know are you sure it's okay I mean I'm you know not black and he's like Don't worry about it. The minute I walked in, not only did they know who I was, but they practically held my hand and mentored me, guided me, supported me till this day, you know. And they introduced me to corporate America. And from corporate America, I started getting great stories, and I started understanding the issues that were much greater than what I was, you know, understanding, but that we were on the same kind of path. And so I would go up to the clients and I'd say, what do you like, what do you don't like, what do you want? And they'd say, you know, this is great. And I'm glad that there's the blocky Journal and this and that. And it was really developing and growing so fast. I went from, you know, working at a coffee shop to working at my sister's house to getting an office and then having to get a bigger office and, and more people. And I was traveling all the time. And it was just amazing because from the National Urban League, I, I met a lot of other conferences that we partnered with that we're still partnered with today. Okay, and I went back to National Urban League this year, and when I saw, you know, Eric um, Morial, what a, you know, uh, reunion that was. It was emotional, and it was fantastic, and, um, you know, it was lucky Crystal was there to see it too, because, you know, in the middle of his parade, he stops me, and we, we look at each other, and he's like, Mona, you're still doing this? Oh my gosh. I said, thank you. He said, you know, and it was just like, it was it was, it was amazing. Anyway, so these clients would say, I really want something that focuses on Latinas and Latinos. So naturally, did my research, used the same model, and created the Hispanic Network magazine. I created a woman's focus in both. Both of them were extremely popular. From that, I realized there's too many women issues and too many great stories. It needed its own platform, so I started the Professional Women's Magazine. Then the National, uh, National Council de la Raza, NCLR, who was an, a, a very... A great partner, Janet Mugera, is is a, is a fantastic president, and you know, with our relationship, she invited me to a segment where President Obama came to speak. Um, this is when he first came into office, and she said, "You know, we're inviting people that have influence with the community and reach many people, and we'd like you to come." And I came, and I heard him speak and say our veterans are coming in two years. There's 250,000 of them and they need jobs and what are we going to do and how are we going to, you know, get involved and we have to change the trend. And I sat there and I felt as though he was speaking to me that I felt the need to create. And it it was, doors opened and people helped me like you wouldn't believe. Now, the U.S. Veterans Magazine is one of the fastest growing. Barnes & Noble told me it's on a back issue six to eight weeks. I have to do reprints and send more copies because it's just flying. Each magazine had a STEM focus. That's going insane because of, uh, uh, you know, African-American in STEM, Latinas and Hispanics in STEM, women in STEM, veterans in STEM, the need for diversity in STEAM. Which you have to include the A, yes. because of the arts and design. Because without the design, you can't have these. That diversity yes. and STEAM came about. All the magazines are created to promote, inspire, and advance. And for someone to recognize that person and say, or that organization, say, you know, that could be me. It's uh, I partner with all organizations that um, pay it forward and that advance others. And and from there, it just. It keeps growing, but I'm, I'm at the point now that I'm very selective and I can be. And you know, the future, um, every issue also has um, an LGBT focus as well as a disability focus. And one in particular um, has a very large disability focus. But um, the other side to that is 15 years ago, or excuse me, 25 years ago when I started the company. Um, and this is something that I believed, I think back from, from my father because he was a, an employee, but he always had an entrepreneur mind and he had other like people like him. So I always believed in diversity inclusion and in the magazine. always focused on diversity inclusion back 25 years ago where now people are realizing that you can't have the supplier diversity and the recruiting and have them kind of separated. It's the same audience. So I don't believe you need to have a magazine that focuses on just entrepreneurs and then a magazine that just focuses on, you know, your imp- your employees they're the same audiences sometimes the brother and the sister are both in the same same family and they're both there so i believed and always believed that diversity and inclusion always needed to be there so the magazines have always focused on that it's not something that i just discovered it's just something i've always truly believed in in that audience and that's that's why my audience has grown because an entrepreneur i mean an, an employee can automatically be an entrepreneur and vice versa and vice versa you know
0: it's, oh, just, just to understand, all of your magazines are available, they can go
1: to Barnes and Noble? You can go to Barnes & Noble, you can go to Amazon, or you can download the app. And okay. four of the magazines, um, all of them except U.S. Veterans, um, has a separate app. And the U.S. Veterans has a separate app because, again, if you know your audience, you know who you're dealing with, veterans are a different set, a different group. And the distribution is different. When you go to the veterans, you're looking at the bases, the VA hospitals, TAP centers, uh, different realms. It's not the same magazines. The other four, if you subscribe on your app, you get the other four. But if you also want veterans, it's a separate app because they don't, the, the two, the, the four and the one do not cross over. And again, that's the thing about me is I understand my audience. I understand, you know, who they are and where we need to be. I attend a lot of conferences, and I, I attend a lot of panels, workshops. It's very important for me to know, you know, the issues and the audiences because how can I report or be in media if I don't know that? And that way, I understand what issues are sensitive. Issues need to be brought up. Like, you know, do do people know what see? You know. I.O.s stand for? I mean, do, do people understand these different ideas that are, are coming around? And, and that's what I report on. A lot of the stories are, you know, there's a takeaway. There's a takeaway in each one. If it doesn't have a takeaway, why would I put it in there?
0: Um, Let me ask you, we're at the BDPA conference, so um, what brings you to the BDPA conference and and maybe talk about your relationship with BDPA and, and just your thoughts in general about this year's conference? I am
1: thrilled for my relationship and our partnership with BDPA because I am finding just some of the most amazing and meeting the most amazing people that have amazing stories and that's what I'm here for. And I'm here to learn about these individuals that need a platform that need to be heard and what other magazine can do it but this. I mean it, it's it's a way to bring the right attention that they need and deserve.
0: How long have you been affiliated with uh, BDPA?
1: I'm not, I'm not sure, it might have been 10 years, okay. but with STEAM the past year okay, yeah, and I was thrilled to receive an award last night and uh, I asked you know what particularly you know why did we win this award because I, I really just was so honored and they said well we um, how did they say how did they state it they um, they tracked the value and the, you know what we had done and they saw value. And so they presented us with the award, which is all I've ever wanted.
0: Absolutely, not excellent. the award,
1: that right. I bring value. Exactly, that's what it's all about. So winning the award was just thrilling, but to hear them say they saw value—that's what the award was for me.
0: Absolutely. Well, congratulations. Thank on you. Your, um, and, and a beautiful looking magazine, and, and love your, your cover. Um, why don't you talk about some of the, your, your maybe even some uh, issues that you, or topics that you, uh, even cover stories that you are particularly want to highlight, especially around the steam, and what's coming well, up I'll next? I'll tell you,
1: it's so exciting. I mean, uh, we interviewed uh, Leland Melvin, who is the astronaut. Uh, that um, is just doing amazing things. He's uh, with Child Genius and the, what is it, Ibot? BattleBots, the, what is it? Battlebots. Battle bots, Judge, but he's doing so much more. He has a STEAM foundation, so we were able to interview him and what he's doing with our younger kids and the mentoring is amazing, but and he works uh, and he's very familiar with um, Will I Am, who we just interviewed two days ago. And it was such a wonderful interview that I don't want to give away what's coming to be said in it, except for um, got along very well because we believe in a lot of the same issues, but more so, you know, he believes in just. Adopting one person at a time and bringing them into STEM. And that is something that I've heard repeatedly, especially at the end of the last panel yesterday. That's how it ended, with bring one along. And really, if you attack it that way, and we all bring one along, and then another one along, that's what we really need to do. And mentoring. So I believe, and I will report on as much mentoring and as much as bring one along and pay it forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I know this is just one of many interviews that I hope to have with you, have you on the radio show, and, and sure. um, you know continue to, to partner with technology. Absolutely. So, so, again, thank you, speaking with Mona Absolutely. Lisa thank you. And thank you. Cool. That's great.